Welcome to this podcast from Christchurch London. For more information and resources, please go to ChristchurchLondon.org. So good morning, everyone. Or I guess I should say Merry Christmas, one and all. I hope you are feeling in a very festive mood this morning. How can you not be after that amazing performance I know that I, for one, will be going away with a greater insight into the emotional motivation of all the characters involved in that original nativity because of these wonderful actors. Um, I don't know if Christmas is a time that you look forward to, if it's a time that fills you with much joy and kind of warm nostalgia of the many years previous, or if Christmas is kind of a time more to be endured than it is to be enjoyed. What I do know is that none of us are looking forward to Christmas. None of us do look forward to Christmas as much as this lady right here, Mariah Carey. Do you want to know why? She wrote or co-wrote one of the best-selling Christmas songs of all time. And every year, she makes from the royalties almost £400,000. Isn't that incredible? Every single year, which means since 19... Nathan, do you know when it came out? Oh, I was going to definitely pick you for that. 1994. Actually, it didn't go to number one. Anyone know what got to number one in 1994? Not this one. This got to number two. It wasn't the Spice Girls. E17, stay another day. But anyway, what a tune, yeah. This didn't get to number one. But since that day, she has earned about $50 million from that one song, which took about 15 minutes to write. Rich, I don't know why this is so hard. Come on. (laughs) But yeah, so she obviously looks forward to Christmas. I also look forward to Christmas. Not quite as much, but I do. I love Christmas. I love the Christmas tree. I love Christmas lights. I obviously love presents. I love getting together with family and eating too much. Um, and watching Christmas movies. I've never said this in public, but I do enjoy a puzzle at Christmas. I know that's not very rock and roll, but what can you say? The heart wants what the heart wants. (laughs) So yeah, Christmas is great. And all of those are obviously amazing reasons to love Christmas, but we just have a few moments while the kids are out having fun just to reflect a little about the, the true meaning of Christmas, and that is obviously the birth of Jesus. The Apostle John, one of Jesus' close friends, when describing what was taking place that first Christmas day, when a poor Middle Eastern um, mother gave birth to her first baby, far from home, surrounded by animals, probably not surrounded by penguins like we had this morning, but surrounded by a whole host of animals. And um, John said that it wasn't just another birth, that actually there was something of cosmic significance happening that morning. Um, And he uses kind of this metaphor of light coming into darkness to describe it. So in John chapter 1, he says, The true light that gives light to everyone was coming into the world. And then you see Jesus pick up this same metaphor when he is explaining to people who he was. He says, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. And to help illustrate kind of what Jesus being the light of the world means, I'm going to tell a story. Actually, Andy told a little bit of this story last week in the carol service, but it is such a great story that I thought it would be good to kind of go into much more detail. So this is a true story, and this true story is set in Colombia. And Colombia is a nation that has pretty much been in civil war for the last 50 years. And the main, mebel, uh, the main rebel group fighting the government is called the Revolutionary Armed Forces of Colombia, or the FARC, F-A-R-K, which is the Spanish acronym for that. And they are a heavily armed guerrilla fighting force, living in the jungle, deep in the jungle, made up of men and women. About 30% of the fighters are women. And they have a stated aim of forcefully and violently overthrowing the Colombian government. And that is something that they've been trying to do for the last half century. And after years of attempting to win this war against them, the Colombian government realized that actually 
their military strategy isn't working, their political strategy, their kind of legal strategy, none of these strategies are working. Maybe they need a new strategy. Maybe instead of trying to fight them, they needed to communicate to them. They needed to speak to the actual fighters themselves. And so what do you do when you need to communicate? you hire an advertising agency, which is exactly what they did. So they had, um, hired Jose Miguel Sokolov and his team to come up with an advertising campaign that would convince the guerrilla fighters to down arms, to, to demobilize. And so Jose and his team came up with this, um, first of all, a radio campaign. They'd spoken to many of the guerrilla fighters and they'd realized that actually many of the fighters, although there were some who were kind of true believers in the cause, many of them were actually trapped inside this organization. They couldn't actually leave because if you left the FARC, then you were killed if you were caught. And so many of them were trapped inside and so they wanted to kind of give them motivation to leave. And so they recorded a whole bunch of um, guerrilla fighters who had actually demobilized and left the jungle. And they pumped all these adverts in. They um, heard from the guerrillas that um, they listened to the radio a lot. And so they had all of these fighters telling about how great their life was now that they'd left, how horrible their life was before. And that had a certain amount of success. They had some people demobilize. Um, but obviously, it was very easy for the guerrilla commanders to say, well, these people have been captured by the Colombian government. They're being forced to say this against their will. And so it didn't have a load of success. And so they went back to the drawing board and thought, what can we do to communicate? And it was at that time that one of um, Jose's team realized that actually, over the last few years, there was a peak time where guerrillas demobilized, and that was at Christmas. It was evidently at Christmas that kind of their former life spoke to them in the greatest way, their life that was before um, compared to their life now. And so they could have done this kind of big Christmas jingle campaign over the radio, but they decided to do something much more beautiful and much more spectacular than that. So they came up um, with Operation Christmas, which is a joint operation between this advertising company and the Colombian army. And they flew in Colombian soldiers in Black Hawk helicopters under cover of night, flew them right into the middle of the jungle, right into the middle of enemy-occupied territory. Um, and they went to nine strategic pathways, so nine pathways that they thought that the guerrillas would use a lot. And they found the biggest trees on those pathways, some of them 75 foot tall, so that's 25 meters tall. And they strung Christmas tree lights all the way around these trees from top to bottom. And they put a big sign next to it, and then they set um, a motion sensor. So the lights were dark until one of the fighters walked past this motion sensor, and then this whole tree would light up. And this message would light up, and it would say, if Christmas can come to the jungle, you can come home. Demobilize. It's Christmas. Everything is possible. These trees were these beautiful, spectacular offers of hope that literally lit up the jungle when the gorillas walked past. Hope that life could be different. Hope that there was family waiting for them on the outside and that people wanted them to come home. And that Christmas, a massive 5% of the whole of the guerrilla army demobilized. They walked out of the jungle and walked home. So they knew, okay, we're on to a winner. Christmas is a winner. And so they tried to hone kind of the advertising a little bit more. And so they spoke to loads of the, the guerrillas that had demobilized. And they told them, actually, we don't walk as much as you think we do. We use the rivers. The rivers are kind of like our highways. That's how we get around. And so they could have done what a normal advertising company would do and put up big billboards along the rivers. But again, they wanted to do something much more spectacular and much more beautiful. And so they came up with Operation Rivers of Light. 
And Jose and his team went into the towns and villages around and they asked them for little toys and trinkets and they asked them to write little messages saying, please come home for Christmas. We're waiting for you. Come home. And they put them all into these plastic glowing purple balls. So the top was clear so that the fighters could see what was in them and there was a light underneath. And then they floated them down the rivers. 7,000 of these balls, they floated down the rivers and at night they kind of lit up like this terrestrial galaxy. And again, it was this message of hope that life could be different. This beautiful message of hope that actually there were people who wanted them to come home, wanted them to demobilize. And again, that Christmas, hundreds and hundreds of the guerrilla fighters did just that. They walked out of the jungle and then they came home. Now, because of the success of this, the guerrilla commanders were obviously getting a little bit annoyed that all of their people were leaving. And so the easiest thing to do was to confuse the fighters of where they were. So that next year, they just kept on moving them around and around. So obviously, the only time you could escape was at night. But if you were moved around, didn't know where you are, you wouldn't know which way to head. And so Jose and his team realized that if they were going to help the guerrillas escape that year, then they would need to literally show them the way out of the jungle. And so they came up with the biggest and the last, actually, campaign that used light going into the jungle, Operation Bethlehem. And after the army had identified five strategic areas, they placed these huge lights in the towns and the villages around. Um, And on December 17th, they lit these beacons up and they shot light straight into the sky to give um, the fighters somewhere to head for. And on top of that, again, the army, at great risk to themselves, flew Black Hawk helicopters and they dropped 10,000 LED lights in pathways going to these villages. And they dropped them high in the trees so that the commanders couldn't take them down. And that year, again, they had hundreds and hundreds of guerrilla fighters walk out of the jungle. And then also, um, they put billboards up, glow-in-the-dark billboards. They wouldn't see them in the day, just at night, along the rivers. And they pumped in loads of radio adverts, and all of them said, Guerrilla, this Christmas, follow the light. It will guide you to find your family and freedom. Demobilize. At Christmas, everything is possible. And once again, hundreds and hundreds of guerrillas walked out of the jungle, they put down their guns, and they rejoined society. And this is just the most incredible story. I heard this um, on the podcast, This American Life, last year, and I thought, that is a Christmas message right there. That is just the most amazing symbol of what Jesus being the light of the world really means. And it's not just kind of advertising executives that come up with these big, bold symbols. Actually, God did that too. This is what the star is all about in the nativity story that we just heard. So in Matthew chapter 2, we are told that wise men, or magi, came from the east following a star that had appeared when Jesus was born. Now, I don't know if you realize that, but the star appeared on the day that Jesus was born. It didn't appear before that. It appeared on the day. So actually, most of our nativities have the chronology wrong. And I understand why we do that. It's kind of taking a little bit of artistic license because we want all the players to be on the stage at the one time. But actually, Matthew says they would have taken up to two years for the wise men to actually get to Bethlehem and get to Jesus. So if the shepherds were still around, that they were being the very worst house guests possible. Um, but so the, the point is, the star appeared on the day that Jesus was born. It didn't appear before as kind of a prediction of what was going to come. It appeared as this symbol that God placed in the sky, this kind of celestial, beautiful, big symbol that something amazing had happened. And that was this, that light the light of the world has stepped down into our darkness. That light had descended again under cover of night into enemy-occupied territory to do what Jose's Christmas trees and his glowing orbs and his beacons of light did for the guerrilla fighters, to give people hope that life could be different, 
to let us know that God loves us, that he is not angry with us, that he doesn't want to kill us or destroy us, but he, he wants us to come home. And Jesus acts as this beacon guiding us to God, guiding us away from a life of fear and captivity and darkness to a life of true light, a life of true flourishing, of true community, of true adventure and freedom. And that is why Christmas is obviously just so spiritually meaningful for millions of people all across the world. Because it communicates to us in the biggest, boldest way, way more than any advertising executive could, that God loves us. And that he loves us so much that he sent his one and only son into, to descend into enemy territory. Not just as a soldier risking his life for this big, bold symbol, but as the king of kings willing to give his life in order to save us and to rescue us. So now we don't have to live frightened, exhausting, small lives in the darkness of the jungle, but we can follow Jesus, the way, the truth, and the life all the way home to him. Can I encourage you over this Christmas season, during either the kind of the chaos and the madness and the joy that you're experiencing, or maybe in the midst of loneliness and tension and maybe even pain, that you take a moment to think about that to think about how the light of the world has stepped down into our darkness in order to give us the light of his life. Take a moment maybe to thank God for Jesus. Thank God for this light that has come into darkness and maybe also to ask him that the light that he shines into us would then shine out of us into the world because as we know, this world is in a pretty dark place. 2016 has been a pretty dark year. If any year could use some light, it was this one. So maybe over Christmas, why don't you just take a moment to thank God that actually we do have this light now and this offer of light that is to come. One day Jesus coming to rid the world of darkness forever. But also, why don't you ask him how, where are the places in your life where you can bring light into your darkness? We're going to get the kids back in just a moment, but let me just pray for us before we do that. Heavenly Father, Thank you for sending Jesus to bring light into our darkness. Thank you that Christmas shows us that there is hope, that there is hope for change because of Jesus, hope for ourselves and hope for our world. And as we're thinking about kind of light coming into dark places, we think especially of the people of Yemen. We pray that you would comfort them and provide for them. We pray for those who are hungry, ill and bereaved. Give them peace and strength today and bring stability to their country. We also pray for the people of Aleppo. Would you provide safe passage for all those who are trapped and living in fear? Protect the injured, comfort the bereaved, and raise up peacemakers who can bring an end to this conflict. We pray for a ceasefire that will last, and we ask that you will bring an end to injustice and suffering. Father, in this world torn apart by warring kingdoms, we ask that you would establish Jesus' kingdom, a kingdom of light, a kingdom built on justice and righteousness and love. And would you empower your people to bring your light to the earth, until the day you return to make everything new and to chase away the darkness forever. Amen. Thank you for listening. For more information or for further podcasts and downloads, please visit ChristChurchLondon.org.